Alexander Rizhenko. Alexander Rizhenko. Alexander Rizhenko. Poor kid. Alexander Rizhenko. We feel bad. <laughs> Someone please take that sample yeah. and yeah. give us a remix. So. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Welcome to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I am Larissa Maestro, your captain, and here is my number one Lauren Lowen with a quick bit of housekeeping. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I was telling Larissa that I made a mistake in one of our previous episodes and it's been gnawing at me and she actually knows what it is, but I want to go on the record here because when we were talking to Kyle, Kyle Jaro, Jaro? Jaro. Jaro. See, look. Okay. Now I have to correct that. So now (laughs) let me correct that. And then I will also correct another name. I Well, not a name, although um, we were talking about David Cronenberg. Yes. Okay. So first of all, this is actually kind of like a callback to when we were talking about Threshold and I screwed up his name. <laughs> then poor David Cronenberg, every time he comes up, I guess something wrong. Um, I got his name right when we were talking to Kyle, but then I goofed up and said he did the thing. And I heard that and I was like, that's not, that's not the right movie. And I felt so embarrassed because I know that John Carpenter did the thing. It's okay. I know. It's just been gnawing at me. I'm like, everyone hates me now. Things no. I'm stupid. No one hates you and no one thinks you're stupid. There are literally like millions of movies in the world. I know. I know. I just thought like, oh, of course, that's the way my brain works. But yeah, it's I was okay. like, I'm going to go on the record next time and get my honor back. <laughs> you have honor. Okay. This is not a good day to die. You have a- <laughs> it's a beautiful day. I don't want to die today. It's a beautiful it's actually, day. It's quite nice. Larissa, what are we talking about today? Uh, something I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> I know about Star Trek. I know nothing about parenting. Oh, yes. We're talking about Star Trek parents today. And by that, we mean parents in Star Trek, not parents who watch Star Trek like me. This is not an episode about <laughs> me. <laughs> but you know what? You know what, though? Mm. Because you are a super aunt. I to, am a super aunt. You are, and you've been a teacher. I think there's like some paternal instincts there. Yes, You're and very, I'm a cat parent. Yes, which we've talked about. So I relate to Data and Spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also I think uh, when you really get into it, you proposed this idea and I had some obvious characters come in my head. But then once I really got into it, I was like, oh, my God, there's a lot of non-traditional parents like Odo and the baby changeling and even oh. his, you know, father, Dr. Mora, Dr. Mora. and and um, Data makes lol. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, this is going to be an interesting episode because it's going to be more than just your traditional, you know, child and parent. There's a lot of those you know, kind of relationships that, I mean, God, even Data, like his his quote unquote mom shows up. And yeah, so I, I think we'll get into some of those corners of, of Star Trek parents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to let you lead here because Me? you're the mom. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm not a mom, technically. Cat mom. Oh, gosh. What do I say? Um, Do you have anyone that you would like to start with? 
I mean, all I will start by saying this, that watching Star Trek episodes as a parent is different now. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, you and I grew up, especially with TNG, and I find that, you know, when you go through those periods of like heavy, heavy rediscovery and rewatch reviewings of, you know, like watching TNG when we were eight or something. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, being more like young adults, like watching it again in college. And then, and then like <laughs> now watching it as like an older adult, but now I have children of my own. Mm-hmm. And that just means like I'm crying at things I never cried at before. Mm-hmm. I might be like, oh, that's so sad. But, you know, when even when Troy loses the little light child, Ian, and, you know, like yeah. that episode is not exactly like a favorite episode. No, but, we don't like that episode. But it's still like yeah. it tears me apart. Or even oh, when yeah. Data says goodbye to Lol. And oh, my God, that's just I'm I'm gone. Yes. I'm yes. I mean, I was that was always sad for me. But like I, I get emotional in ways now that I never did before. And yeah. I really. Yeah. Well, maybe I can bring up one then. That I can relate to, which is uh, Loxana Troy and okay. Deanna Troy. I feel like that is the that is the the parent child. I love that um, Star Trek has adult children and adult parents showing what that relationship is like, and showing, you know, a a different like part of life for parent and child. I feel like on TV we see a lot of children like young children or teenagers and parents and that relationship and I love seeing like the continuation like what happens when your child is now an adult and you have to treat them like an adult or continue calling them little one for the rest of their (laughs) life yes also for the record I notice that I call my my kids especially when they're really young but I still call them little one yeah, and it has nothing to do with that. It's just a coincidence. But every time I it's say really it, sweet. I do pause a little bit. I call them lots of different names, including Little Dumpling, um, <laughs> Jelly Bean. Um, but sometimes I'll be like, Little One, what's wrong? And I'll just have like a flash of Loxana Troy in my head. Um, yeah, I mean, that is funny. I watched a lot of fun episodes for this. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you you start to think of the obvious ones like Loxana Troy, Um or, you know, Cisco and Jacob. I mean, we got to talk about that. Yes. But then then you start to be like, oh, shit, like Julian from Deep Space Nine, his parents show up. And I can, if, yikes, one of my favorite episodes is the Icarus Factor from mm. season two of TNG with Kyle Riker, which mm-hmm. is uh, William Riker's dad. Yeah. Again, an adult child and their adult parents. Yes. Oh, that in, yeah, like uh, that episode. I love it. It's one of my favorites, but it's also kind of fucked up. But <laughs> Yes. Yes. Excellent costumes in that episode. Oh, yes. Yeah. And Kyle Riker's like space onesie. <laughs> but yeah, where Sports. do we... Sports. <laughs> so yeah, like where do we... Should we start with Luxana or... Like, I mean, I only do brought... This? I brought up Luxana because I feel like she is the most famous parent from Star Trek. I can't... I mean, she's the... Mom. Yes. And she's in a lot of episodes for being yeah. a guest star. Yeah. yeah. And she is like literally the actress, the mother of Star Trek. Yes. You know, Majel Barrett Roddenberry, the queen of Star Trek. So it's, you know, she operates within the universe on multiple levels. She's our mom. She reminds <laughs> me of my actual mom. She's 
she's also, you know, got this, you know, place as Gene Roddenberry's wife, the voice of the computer, all the, you know, she is the mom. Um, I, I just, I love her character so much. We have talked about her on the podcast before, but it's, there's something about mothers and daughters and uh, the expectations that mothers can sometimes put on daughters and that daughters can sometimes put on mothers, especially when they are getting older and the nuances of that relationship that I feel like are shown so beautifully on the show, like the, I mean, that episode, Dark Page, like I talked about that episode with my sister on this show and we both were just like weeping the whole time, you know? There's like a a closeness that I feel and that I think a lot of uh, people feel with their mothers and also a distance at the same time. And that is a, it's it's very like singular to that relationship with your mother. So I'm curious because I I remember you mentioning a few things about Luxana Troy and it might be the Dark Page podcast episode that I'm I'm thinking of. Yeah. But I'm really curious because I met your mom first of all both both Lewis and I feel like come from awesome families and oh yeah we love our parents and they love us and so um, we're really lucky. And yeah. and your mom's awesome. I think the she cutest is. thing I ever saw is when she um she brought like a giant video camera <laughs> that's probably way too old, like a big one that your parents used to record soccer games in the nineties, <laughs> like a tripod. And she couldn't figure out how to flip the image. She was recording you playing and she couldn't figure out how to flip the image on the screen, so she just flipped the camera oh. thinking that it wouldn't Oh my god. <laughs> I don't think my anyone... mom. Problem solving technology she which doesn't is, understand. Which is going to be me in two years. Oh, yeah. Um but but uh when I'm always curious when I hear you or you and your sister talk about how you see Troy, you know, Luxana Troy and your mom, because as someone as an outsider and someone who obviously wasn't raised by that person and had that dynamic, I I'm just not privy to that. I'm just like, that's yeah. really interesting. I would have never figured that because Luxana Troy's you know, parenting style seems so sometimes obnoxious and overbearing. And I don't, at least to me, so that's what I think of. And I don't see your mom being that way. Yeah. I mean, I've, of course, like everyone's uh, experience with their own family is different than what it looks like from the outside, you know? Yeah. And for me, when I look at Loxana Lo- and the way she communicates with Deanna, uh, there's a lot of like cultural context there and my mother is from the Philippines I was born here in the States and I grew up with Filipino culture around me a lot but I'm an American person Mm -hmm. you know and there are different ways that Filipinos communicate that I not that I rejected but that I was like like mm, can you just say it can you just or can you just like not do that or can you just like try to understand and my mom a lot of the time is or would be like ugh. there was a lot of like it's fine so that's there was crazy. A lot of like come on it's fine it's fine it's fine so that's exactly like Luxana Troy yes. talking telepathically yes and, and Troy being like mom don't do that it's like rude yes so <laughs> like you're being rude and my mom like no I'm not being rude they know they know it's fine I'm like they don't actually know <laughs> oh my god okay I never thought about so that so there's that there's that kind of stuff there's there's also this like boisterousness that Luxana has that my mom also has mm. the very like the social butterfly uh like 
uh, want like enjoying being the center of attention, enjoying telling a captivating story to a large group of people. And as a child, sometimes that would be embarrassing because she would be telling a story about me being naked mm. in a bathtub or something, you know, some, you know, and that's sort of normal, like parent stuff, you know, like, oh, mom, come on. Like, these are my coworkers. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, but they're also my friends now. You know, like that's that sort of stuff. Uh, it's 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 almost like it's her vibe that feels very much like my mom. And it's one of the reasons I fucking love Luxana Troy. We oh my fuck, god, we, just, we See, love her. And that's really interesting because every time I have really interacted with your mom, it's it's been more of a huge social event. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of you know shows. Yeah. So that might also explain why I've never really seen that part of your mom because. Mm-hmm. Even though you said she is sort of a social butterfly, that's still like a very big setting. Yes. So I, you know, she's. I've always had a wonderful time talking to her and stuff like that. But I've never seen her maybe a hundred percent in her comfort zone. Where yeah, she is more Luxana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and she can be. She can be very much. Okay, we, we love her. So love her. I can't tell you who my mom is, but I can tell you who my dad is. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, my dad's actually a combination of two. Maybe this will be a good segue into some of the characters. So Who's I really, your daddy, Lauren. Oh God, that sounds wrong. <laughs> No, I sorry, 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 sorry. I'm oh. so sorry, everybody. I'm sorry to everyone who just heard me say that. I'm so sorry. I really have. A... <laughs> That's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like I the idea of her. calling a romantic partner daddy. I'm like, no, I, know, I can't. No, 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 I no, can't. no, 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 no. I I call Dan daddy when I'm talking <laughs> no. to him about the cats. Oh, God. like he's the da- yeah, like right? he's the daddy to the cats. He's like, not mine. Daddy. I'm working. Go bother daddy. Yes. Yeah, yes, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so my dad is a combination of two Star Trek parents. He has he my dad is um is Worf's dad um oh. combined with the swag of Kyle Riker. Oh. Yeah. Um which I am blanking on. I mean, it's um Rushenko. Rushenko, yeah. Dimitri. Is that no. what it is? Or is That's that his brother. S? That's his human brother. Okay. Worf that kidnaps parents. all those people to the holodeck in that one episode and then sergey 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 yeah oh, another name i butchered okay let, let me go on the record okay <laughs> and helena that's his mom okay so there's that wonderful episode where they're both getting a tour of the ship this is Worf's parents and his dad's like i have all the i have all the maps and specs in my house and and so and Worf's just like dad jordy's very busy and he's like <laughs> you know C- c- come on let's move along and so he's the I- chief engineer he can't give you a tour he no yes um so i feel like my dad is very earnest and very excited about things like that um that's really sweet yes and he's he's such a my parents are both big cheerleaders of mine um so my dad's really sweet in that way and very like just gets excited about things and then Aww. when kyle Riker and we'll have to talk a little bit about the episode the icarus factor but there's this great scene where Kyle Riker in that space onesie goes in the 10, 10 forward and everyone's like, Kyle Riker, I haven't seen you in years. And they get up and they shake his hand and, you know, Kyle Riker's just doing the rounds and, you know, and, um, yeah. and I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my dad has to walk into a room and he's friends with everyone or he becomes friends with everyone. Uh, you, you've met him, but I think it's always in large settings. But yeah. he's just very charismatic. He's not an asshole like Kyle Riker. But I was like, oh yeah, okay, that's yeah. definitely some of my dad right there. Oh, it's isn't it nice to like see sort of like 
people that you love like in a show that you love you know like to watch a show and be like that, that character reminds me of my dad <laughs> i love it so I, uh, one thing i'm really curious about is obviously we're going to talk about the characters but like who you think you know the who's the best who's, who's the, the worst? better parents who's the worst i mean beverly's a mom so i know i know i'm guessing beverly's going to be your top my guess is it's that or cisco i mean they're they're sort of tied up there for me okay um bev is is like special to me in all the all the ways like i i just love her character from top to bottom left to right yeah yeah she's your doctor she's your boss she's your yes now she's your mom now she's your best she's my best friend (laughs) i love her she's she's so kind and loving and she doesn't like just let wesley run wild she's still like she gives him freedom, but she's still protective, which makes sense. They're on a fucking starship. But there is more. The thing about Cisco and about Ben and Jake is that there's more material there. Like mm. it is. He's the first captain to have a child on Star Trek, you know, a child who's around and like hanging out all the time and just like on the ship as a civilian uh, on the station as a civilian. And, like, we get to watch Jake grow up from, like, kind of being, like, preteen age to, like, being a, an adult at the end of the show and being abandoned. Uh, <laughs> Again. <laughs> yeah, both single parents. About. Bev and both Cisco, both yeah. single parents. Uh, both widowed parents. And we just I've, – I've actually been – I go through uh, uh, times where I – I choose a different Star Trek series to just have on in the background when I'm doing chores and stuff like that. And I've been putting on DS9 the past month. And man, if there are not just some like beautiful, tender, gorgeous moments between Captain Sisko and Jake, it's it's so lovely. And I've I've heard interviews with Sarah Lofton where he talks about how Avery Brooks really was a father figure for him as a person on set, how they developed a really close relationship. You can feel it when they look at each other, just like when he he'll, he will like kiss Jake on the head, mm-hmm. you know, like a teenager, like a, a dad, a father kissing his teenage son on the head and his son being like, yeah, it's my dad. You know, <laughs> like they have like really beautiful uh vulnerable conversations with each other not not just like like Cisco isn't just like I'm the dad and I'm the strong dad like he mm-hmm. talks to Jake about his feelings like he tells Jake like you know real stuff you know yeah i mean it's you know and that that relationship has been written about and uh yeah. analyzed in so many ways because you know, first of all, you have a single dad. You have a single black dad, mm-hmm. which was, you know, something that doesn't always get positive portrayal in um, media and so forth and yeah. culture. Um, we know that Avery Brooks had a lot to do yes, with that. Yes, he did. In fact, we talked about it. Um, but one of the things was at the end, he wanted to leave the door open that Cisco could come back. Yeah. He's like, I do not want to leave I'm not my son. really yeah. abandon my son. Yeah, I'm not going to really die. We're going to like, yeah. keep it a little vague. And that yeah. was a request by Avery Brooks. And... But yeah, you're right. Um, you know, there's especially for uh Cisco to be very much an authority position. I mean, he's yeah. and he's also the captain. Like, he's also at war for like yeah. half of the series. Right. You know? 
and like still like wanting to protect his son, but knowing that he can't protect yes. him all the time. There is an I don't remember which episode it's in, but it's when Jake decides that he's a journalist and he he has he gets a job writing for the Starfleet Gazette or whatever it's called. And uh, he's tr- he trying to do his job. And uh, Ben is mad about it. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> he does not like it. And he, but he comes to a, a point in their conversation about it where he's like, I guess I can't prevent you from doing your job. Yeah. You know? Like he's, I, he's, he like still is like, I am your dad, but I'm also a Starfleet officer and you are part of the press. And I, I respect that. I'm not like he, he doesn't ever go out of his way to overly control Jake. Yes. Yes. And, um, he obviously cares about him and is very warm to him. And like, same with so pressure. Deeply. Yeah, it was just really nicely written. It just felt very genuine. And they both feel very secure in the relationship. They're mm. figuring out things together, you know, especially with the loss of, of you know, the mom. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. And then when, um, is it Cassidy Yates? Yeah. You know, when she comes in too, that's yeah. nice. because Jake sets them up. That's right. Yeah. Which so cute. So that's, yeah, that relationship. Like I said, it's been analyzed such a bit. Yeah. That's that's a very positive one, um, and it and it shows up a lot. And it's also fun to see like him and Nog grow up together. Mm-hmm. And Nog's dad, Rom, is another like favorite Star Trek parent. He's also I very supportive. Say, Nog is in my top five. If I had to rank, Nog is definitely in my top five, just because he is so proud. He's like he's one of those because like some some parents are like 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 Jake and Ben are like buddies, but also parent and child, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Nog and Rom, there Rom is a doting father mm-hmm. with Nog. You know, like he is like when he joins Starfleet, he's like so excited. He's telling everyone about it. He's like, my son is the first Ferengi in remember, Starfleet. Remember when he's like, call him sir. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's so sweet. And he's also, like, inspired by his son, too. Like, I, it's Nog, like, pursuing his dreams that pushes Rom to, like, actually... Better himself. Better himself and quit his job at Quark's and, and become a an officer not not an officer but he's he's like uh, an engineer. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah, he starts working for... Uh, Miles, Miles, right? Miles, yeah. And that is that is like so sweet and also like something that you don't see much. I don't think like you see like children being inspired by their parents to like follow their dreams. But I feel like you don't see a parent being inspired by their child to follow their dreams like in later in their life. And that's really just so great. Also, like we just love Rom. Like, yes, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with Rom. Rom is perfect (laughs) in every way. Yeah. No. I mean, speaking no. of rum, though, Moogie. Oh, Moogie. <laughs> I forgot about Moogie. I mean, and this is so weird, too, because obviously the Ferengis have so many Ferengi ways of going about yeah, things. Yeah, um, the naked thing. But <laughs> also, I, I just saw the, uh, the uh, bah, 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 bah. I had to watch um, Dr. Bashir, I presume. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one of Bashir's parents, but it also has Rom and Lita. Mm. Um and so Quark brings up like the you had to marry, you know, your wife and sign a five year contract and because you wanted a, a child. And so like all these things in life that we see as very emotional are 
you know, or yeah. around love and stuff is, yeah. is very, very much a business transaction for Frankie, of course. Um, so I, oh, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, just to see like how different it is. And then you have Moogie who, again, kind of plays on that weird Ferengi dynamic. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely more doting to Rom than she is to Cork. And yes. we all know why. It's because Cork's a dick. He's a dick. Yeah, and Rom's a little bit of a pushover. Yeah. It's just... And he's more affectionate. Yeah, And, like, softer as a person. You know, like, Cork... What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I do know families like that. I'm not going to say any names, yeah. but where it's like there was there was always just one kid who always was rocking the boat. You yeah, know, yeah. No matter what. But she still shows a lot of like love and care for Quark, even though she knows that he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but you're my dick. <laughs> yeah. She just still she still obviously loves him. I love Moogie. I I also love the like the scoldy sort of thing she's got. She's always like shaking her finger at someone. Quark. Quark. I told you. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of impressions. On I this. know. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, who else should we go? Because like I said, there's actually a lot. I mean, we're like going through DS9 now. Do we, we need to stay in DS9? We can talk about Julian's parents. Yes. I'm interested. because a... Did you see this episode lately? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is Dr. Dr. Bashir, I presume, which is where we find out that... Um, Jules, as they call him, is actually, um, I mean, he's, he's like he says, he's like unnatural, not of nature, but he's, yeah. what would the word be? Genetically we're, modified. Yeah, we're talking about eugenics. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which uh, is illegal in the Federation. Yes, yes. Keith was confused. He was like, why is this such a big deal? And con. I, I paused con. it. I'm like, okay, let me explain this. <laughs> um, and then the hologram explained it at the end of the episode. But yeah, we basically find out that, you know, Julian is been altered and so he's like super smart and he has amazing hand-eye coordination he's really good at darts yes <laughs> which which also we'll get into this but um that actor yeah Sidig fidel is what he goes by now right Sidig el fidel damn it um I names um, names are hard man <laughs> well he changed what he goes by too, yeah so he, i always want to call yeah, him Alexander. he whitewashed his name yeah early in his career because yes you know People think it's hard. It's too hard to pronounce my name. I might as well change it. It's it's a whole thing that that is actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's becoming more common for people to not do that anymore. Yes. Which is great. Which is wonderful. I've read some really interesting interviews and articles where he's talked about that. And, yeah. and not only in Hollywood, but just like in general resumes. Yeah. Um, but uh, and his name is very long. Like yes. look at his Wikipedia page. His name is uh, it, it is an epic name. Well, he he did not like this episode. He hated this uh, development because, well, and I understand why, because like it's in season five, I think. It's early. It feels kind of early, doesn't it? Well, it, the problem is like, it completely undermines oh, not early, everything yeah. about Bashir's character. Like Bashir's a cocky overachiever, a little too eager, thinks a little too highly of himself. And this kind of, like I said, undermines it a little bit because now it's like all that you know, desire and, and ambition and stuff. It's like, oh, so you were altered and actually, if anything, you were probably holding back. Yeah. Yeah. And so he he didn't like that. Um, and so it was just, yeah, it was something where it was like, I'm sure it seemed cool at the time, but the lasting effects I had on that character. Yeah. But his parents, okay, guys, 
So his parents, I was thinking about this. They, he was not so bright, I guess. And at age six, they illegally took him to a planet to get altered and stuff. And I'm like, what? What is the equivalent of that today? And the closest I could come up with is all the celebrities that were getting their kids into college and like paying off uh, admissions officers or paying people to secretly take tests for their kids. And that's the closest I could get to is like, what is what is the equivalent of someone today being really well-meaning? But like, dude, that's illegal. Yeah. (laughs) And sketchy. Well, and it's also like an indication of extreme privilege to our society. I feel like I feel like the Bashirs, though, it's not portrayed that way. They are like his dad is like a blue collar worker. Like they're not they're not like super rich people who are like we're above everything and we're going to just make our kid the fanciest kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. This seems more like they thought they had no other choice to make sure that their kid's life was better than they thought it was going to be with his learning disability that he had. But did he really have one? I mean, right? that's kind or was of the, he just a normal kid? That's kind of the point that Jules brings up is like, I was only six. And yeah, I was like, you having... don't even know what he's going to be like if he's having trouble at six. Like, it just means that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Yeah. This episode is interesting because um, I was watching of Keith and Keith was Keith was saying, I don't I don't get why Julian's being such an ass. Like what what's going on? And I don't know if the writers quite. You know, they were trying to do a lot through subtext and yeah. like the casual conversations between Julian and his parents. But um, what I think they're trying to get across is the fact that his dad, like you said, is kind of this blue collar or just like this person that's a little bit always rough around the edges. I think he's like ashamed of the reality. Like when he yeah. sees Cisco, he's like, oh, now I'm into landscape design and I love that my creations will be around for generations after I'm gone. Um, but then you find out that he's not actually working as that. He's just yeah. making some drawings and hoping somebody will yeah. pick he's, it up. He's very concerned about image. appearance and image and how people see him and perceive him. And that feels like uh, it makes a lot of sense that he would project that onto his child. Well, Julian is the personification of that mm-hmm. dynamic. If if the dad is always kind of telling these half-truths and is hiding it because he's ashamed. I think Julian sees like you were ashamed of me and you also had to yeah. be deceitful with me yeah. because you were ashamed of me. Just like you were ashamed, like when he talks about being, a, oh, and I worked on the freighter or whatever it is. It's yeah. like, dad, you were a steward for three yeah. months. Yeah. Yeah. Like this does not line up. I mean, it's also like the whole concept of consent too. like a six year old. Yeah. Consent to this. Like this was not his choice and he he was robbed of that ability to choose to live as he was born you know so that that also comes into play the like when it like how is it okay when is it okay for like parents to choose those kinds of things for their children and it's kind of not i mean it's it's interesting talking about this episode because there's a lot of shit going on in local governments with trans rights right now mm-hmm, yeah and a lot of that feels like this in a way where like the child needs something or the child uh the child is is saying like this is who i am and and parents being like or parents or lawmakers being like no you don't get to have the thing that you are or be the thing that you are you know that idea of like consent as a child you know yeah so that that does that feels like 
like a slight mirror in the past, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about that quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeesh. Especially with D Space Nine. Yikes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, DS9 continues to be like the most relevant Star Trek, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, it's just like every time I go back to it, I'm like, holy shit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Really? In 1999, you were, dang. You were closer than you thought. You were really closer than you thought. I didn't even know. Totally true. Totally true. But yeah, man, I, I, his parents, his dad especially, like just like gets under my skin. And he's supposed to. Yes, yes. He's supposed to get under your skin. He's supposed to make you really mad. Yeah. Julian's parents, man. And then like Keiko and O'Brien are parents. That's true. Oh, and then there's that episode where like Molly goes into that prehistoric, yeah, the like wormhole <laughs> thing, the like vortex, and and then comes back out, and she's been living alone for 16 years and stuff. That that episode makes me weep. Yeah, that one so actually sad. affects me more than I want to admit. Yeah. yeah, it's so 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 sad. There's there's also the like the whole, and we talked about this when we talked about our pregnancy. Uh, in our pregnancy episode, the um, Kira and Miles and Keiko like triad unit, yeah. Because when when Kira has to carry uh, Keiko's, uh, you know, carry hero, Kuryoshi. Yes, because and then that's another kind of non traditional parent where like Kira is this a surrogate, yeah, you know, parent, and we've talked about like that relationship she has with their son and. You know, how she kind of, in that episode, that's the same episode where Odo has the little changeling baby, basically, and he's dealing with his feelings for the changeling, but also wrestling through Dr. Mora, which was an episode I really wanted to watch, but I ran out of time. So I'm kind of going on like big strokes, but. I watched that one recently because I've just had DS9 on, and it is such an emotional episode. You know, Dr. Mora really plays this, um, like, estranged parent Uh, role in Odo's you know timeline in DS9 and uh, I I find myself like when we're first introduced to him like really not liking him Mm. and really being mad at him for like poking and prodding at Odo and this episode really like adds so much depth and nuance to him as a character and also his relationship with Odo the 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 shit with parents and children where like as as a young adult you'd be like fuck you man i know what i'm doing like you don't know like you know the the way that we feel when we're told what to do or we're told like this is the way to do it and we reject it you know we reject that authority um and we're you know in a place where we're uh not able to hear uh other opinions especially when they're coming from our parents and then the realization when we're older that they were right about something that we fought them on you know and I feel like all of us who have any sort of relationship with our parents have had those moments with our parents so that is so relatable when he's like I mean you can keep just like talking to it but the only way I was able to get you to do the thing was by giving you a little shock and I did not hurt you you are here you know it's like you have to fall down you know, to get back up thing. Yeah. Even and, though there's a, there's like an element of like, is it the torture though? We don't know. We, it's Yeah. It's like, like it's well, we're still. not into spanking. Yeah. But. Yeah. It still feels, it does feel like that. You're but right. It feels some, like spanking. But there's some sort of like the uh, disciplining and like tough love factor to it. Yeah. And just like sometimes 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Le- like my youngest is definitely going through the terrible twos. And sometimes Aww. I just have to make sure she is safe when she gets in these tantrums and just like put her somewhere safe where she can't hit her head. And yeah. I just stay right there. I'm like, OK, I'm just going to let you work this out. Yeah. <laughs> Mom's here. But <laughs> yeah. And that is that is also healthy, too. I mean, there's there's also like like I see this with my nephew. I see this with uh, other family kids you yeah. know, that are in our family. Uh, like my nephew is very boisterous and has a lot of energy. And sometimes he has to bonk his head to know that if you're going to move your body that way, you're probably going to bonk your head. Yes. It's going to feel like this. And just to like understand consequences or to like understand his own body and how his body moves. And that's the, the understanding the body stuff I think is what is happening with the changeling shit in this episode the like that like the changeling is perfectly content to remain goo and will not do anything unless provoked unless like prodded to do a thing you know and it's it's interesting to like i don't i mean i still have like issues with the torture possibilities <laughs> but like it is true that like in order to grow we have to experience pain I yeah and I think that it's not literal pain it's it's yeah. right it's that discomfort of sometimes letting a kid even when you say like don't throw your toy or it's gonna break but you just have to let them do it and they have to see that it will break and yeah. that's why you don't throw your toys yeah. even though it upsets them you yeah. know kind of thing so maybe that's a better analogy yeah uh, but yeah and Dr. Mora just for the record didn't even know Odo was a sentient being like he's just yeah. kind of like doing all these tests and then one day yeah I forget what Odo does but he's just like he hit him back Something like that. Yeah. He yeah. Him or and it's something. like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. It's alive. Yeah. That episode is in turns for me, like goofy as fuck and very moving. Like all of the stuff with Renee Evergenois, just with the goo, yeah, where he's yes. just like talking to the goo and like looking at the goo. And <laughs> it's so, it's Acting. so cartoony. Like, <laughs> it's so cartoony and ridiculous but like the moments with him and dr mora together yeah are really beautiful and let's be honest it's one of the few times that we get a minor guest star like dr mora coming back there's two episodes of him and i wish they did that more yeah case in point i'm gonna leave d space nine we can come back Mm mm-hmm Case in point, Kyle Riker. I yeah. mentioned him a couple times. Yeah. I'm like, why did they not have a second episode with him? Yeah, right. Or even mention him. But... Right. So, okay, first of all, RIP, because I found out that actor passed away last March. Mm. Yeah. And also, he auditioned for Picard and almost got it. That checks out. Right? Yep. Yeah. I see it. And they loved him so much. They're like, how about you come back as yeah. Kyle Riker? Yep. Um, so, Okay. So Kyle Riker is probably one of the worst Star Trek parents, in my opinion. Yeah, he's bad. He's, he's bad. It's, We've this, talked about some of the best. Yeah, I think we're getting to like. And some now of we're the getting worst. to some of the worst, man. Oh yeah, he's he sucks. Okay, Icarus Factor. <laughs> Keep mentioning this episode because it, it is one of my go tos. Yeah, I can't necessarily. It's one of the best. I know but you love that. episode. I love this episode. It's season two cheesiness. The music is just mwah. <laughs> like soap opera. There's so many like. Yeah. And uh, we find out like Kyle Riker and Pulaski were getting it on at one point. And yep. we have the fun B story where Wesley is trying to figure out why Worf is grumpy. And and, you know, they have the whole like pain stick holodeck thing. And the famous scene where Data's like, 
we care for you. And Worf is like, with all due respect, be gone, sir. Um, <laughs> just moments like that. It's a fun episode. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you don't know, like Riker uh, and his parents are all happy dappy. And then uh, when Riker is two, his mom dies. So Riker stays with uh, Will. I always want to say Billy. <laughs> I think you should have called him Billy for some reason. Um, but, you know, raises him in Alaska. Sounds like he wasn't exactly always the best dad. Um, but at age 15, Riker's 15 and his dad just like splits. And so by the time we see him in the Icarus Factor, it's supposed to be like this fun little reunion where it's like, oh, someone's going to come and brief you about the mission, you know, the mission, Riker. How about you go in the transporter room and say hi? And it's his dad. He hasn't seen his dad in 15 years. And he's like, what the fuck? Um, so, of course, he's not happy about it. No, I wouldn't be. The crazy thing is that I think in like Julian's episode, it's three years he hasn't seen them. And that, to me, is a more believable number. Yeah. Like, three years he's on the station. He hasn't been home. Okay. He's kind of estranged from them. Yeah. 15 years is a long time. Yeah. So, so that immediately sets it up where I'm thinking, of course he's not happy to see this man. No. There's a 0% chance. Do they talk? I can't remember. Do they talk about, like... Did he live with an aunt or other no. family when he was I, like he's 15? You're still a child. Yes. Like you can't you can't like pay your rent. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know if you have to I worry mean, about a driver. Don't have to worry about yeah, rent. really. It's it's Star Trek. But still, yeah, yeah, it's like he's 15. Yeah, they never. I I don't know. Maybe it's in a book or something. You know. Yeah. But but it's like 15. You know, in today's yeah, world, he was you were a minor. Yeah. Yeah, and so I just just the fact that he comes on, he's like, oh, I heard. Heard a lot of good things about you, and like, can we talk? And it's just awkward as shit. It is so awkward, and that's part of the reason why this episode is so good. Yes, just because of how awkward it is, but it's also just like a big flaw. <laughs> yeah, it is like it's so cool to me. Also, that there is such a wide range of like good and bad parents. On Star Trek. I feel like there's definitely more conflict, though, which makes yeah. sense. If you're going to have a parent show up, it's usually because there's conflict because yeah. we're writing a story. Yeah. 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 But there are so many beautiful depictions of parent child relationships on Star Trek. Well, like worst parents. Yeah. Oh, they're so sweet. Yeah. They're so sweet and cute. And they're like, we really tried to do our best. And yeah. They're really kind and loving. And you mentioned before I was mom. It's like, I learned how to make all the Klingon dishes. Yeah. And, you know, she really tried to bend yeah. over backwards to make Worf comfortable. Yeah. And they tell little stories about him getting in fights in school. Yes. And, I mean, they are a good example of, of like... A positive depiction of transracial adopters. Yeah. You know, that like they they really did try to like keep his culture alive and make sure he knew where he came from, which is like something that a lot of people don't do currently. Yeah. They're so sweet. They're and, so, so, so sweet. And that leads us into their. <laughs> <laughs> so, what happened to Warf What happened? And, and why is he such a bad dad? Like, oh my gosh. He's. Just very not a good dad. He's very not good at dadding. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does suck that, like, Alexander happened and he was never told until, like, he's yeah, five. Yeah, you know, like, it's like, I kind of, we have things to unpack with him and Kayla are, and yeah. Yeah, that's a whole, like, she had issues. Like, she, uh, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of shit. 
But like, man, that relationship is so painful. Like the Alexander Warfare. And I have been watching DS9. So I just watched that episode. Yes. Sons and Daughters. And ouch. I do. It's like so, it hurts so bad. It's like, oh, dude. As like a viewer or as like a person if that makes sense yeah, like it hurts in every way it's like ah why why like he like is kicking him off the ship he's like being so mean to him it's yeah there's like there's all kinds of like because Worf sets these like high expectations for alexander when he's a child when he's like seven years old or some shit yeah i think he's to, like to be, be a younger. warrior and uh, dude yikes although i will say the sons and daughters episode but one of my favorite things is the last week because I watched it too. I've just been going around going like Alexander Rozhenko. Like when he introduces himself, like that kid's got swag. I just no house. I have no house. I fight for my own honor. But I just love like randomly being like Alexander Rozhenko. I just want you, Larissa, to make that like when I call, that's my ring. Alexander Rozhenko. Alexander Rozhenko. It's Lauren. <laughs> Alexander Rozhenko. Dude, it's so it's so painful. That is a bad dad. You know what? Keith and I watched. Um, what's the episode where Kayla actually dies? Uh, it's not. Is, is it reunion? It? it is reunion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The thought... first episode is called the emissary. Yes. Yes. So, um, not that emissary. No, uh, different emissary. Yeah. So it's. It, Keith watched that for me and he was like, that's a good Star Trek episode. I'm like, yeah, it is. Um, and so that's where she comes back. And I mean, I'm still mad that she died. Yes. Yes. I'm still pissed about it. Yeah. She's a great character. She's got some nice outfits and that too. Fucking tragic mulatto shit. <laughs> Just like, that's why? right. Why the fuck? Why the fuck? Yes. You got a killer. That's so uh, rude. Amazing death scene though. But yeah. But yeah, like she shows up and that's I'm kind of glad you you brought up Kalar because like she shows up and it's like surprise yeah when I was with you I had a son and yeah and um and I, it seems like her relationship with Alexander is really like deep and like sweet and yeah. like she is very caring and like affectionate with him I've actually Man. know somebody who this happened to where a girlfriend showed up years later and they had like a four year old and they're like this is your kid yeah so it's it's kind of one of those things That's where when you watch drama. Yeah, I know. And and they ended up being like an amazing dad and that child just had their wedding. Like they're a oh, full great. successful and and he's a, he was an amazing father. Not war. But yes, it's, so it's easy in this TV situation where she's like, "Oh, you would make me take the oath." And be like, "That's right. She was just making sure she wouldn't have to do the oath so she couldn't tell him." But truly, it's like, "Come on. You could have told him." Yeah, believe me, kids that young, they know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very yikesy. It's really yikesy. Yikesy. That, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good technical term. And then like all of this, all of the interaction, the like, the whole the episode where like Alexander's lying all the time. Yes, I almost watched that one, but I didn't. The the way and like Deanna's really trying to help, like really bad, and Worf's just like, I just remember being so frustrated because that in that one, there's you know, stuff with him trying to fit in in school. Mm-hmm. And you see this with parents, too. Uh, I feel like disciplining is is difficult, right? Like, like if you were to find out that your kid was lying to everyone at school all the time, like, what do you do about that? And it seemed like I, they were trying to portray him as just, like, an inexperienced parent who, like, was, which is true, he was just thrown into this. Like, he doesn't know how to be a parent. So, like... 
yeah, we can give him a little bit of a break, like, early on. But, like, it just never gets better. It never one time gets better. It's- well, yes. As a parent, I, I totally understand now when people, sometimes I vent. Yeah. And I say about this issue, and they're like, well, you just need to tell him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not going to work. Yeah. You know, I'm like, let's role play. Like, yeah. let's let's pretend I'm the kid. Yeah. Okay, you say that, and then I say no, or yeah. I... Yeah, so you can't it, just be like you're a warrior. Warriors don't lie. Yeah, always and tell the it, truth. You know, okay, it's yeah, not it that easy. No. Yeah, um, not at all. So yeah, when Troy's like, I think this is gonna take more work. Um, yeah, I understand dude. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just every time there's a Worf and Alexander episode, it is so difficult. I actually wonder. I feel like Alexander, and um, uh, maybe this is like an unfortunate. A casualty of the whole like mixed race characters thing we talked about but uh, it's one of those things where I felt like they introduced Alexander and they thought this is going to be a really kick-ass story which it was in reunion the whole thing she comes back they have a kid oh my god where's the father and then they were like okay what do we do with this now what do we uh, do with this child? yeah Worf is a dad um maybe we should bring this kid back and so yeah he comes back that episode he comes back with Loxana Troy and our laughing hour yeah and then DS9. Yes. And then and then they bring Worf back for Deep Space Nine. And I feel like they were once again going, oh, shit. That's right. I forgot. He's got it. We forgot. Alexander. And so when he's in Sons and Daughters. Alexander. It's been five. They see, he said it like it's it's been five years. Right. And it's like, again, it's like, well, it's going on pretty long. Yeah. Worf is just like a really bad absentee yes. dad. It is just, it's like really, like he's, he's like, has he gotten married at this point? Too? No, no, because he comes back one more time for the episode where they get married. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. kind of like um, a little bit of the, the, the goofball as well. It's like, yeah. he's, I remember he's in the quirks and talking about like some, like a clumsy thing he did. Yeah. And, and kind of owning it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, like even the, at the end of Sons of Daughters, it's like, Worf doesn't yell at him once and suddenly Alexander's like, I'm going to join the house of, who is it, Martok? Martok. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's kind of, going back to Kyle Riker, it's like, they, they play Anbo Jitsu, like the, yeah. the gladiator yeah. thing. And they have one moment where he's like, how do you think I feel about you? I love you. Oh, you know, happy music. And and literally just with one line, it's like, everything's good again. We're yeah. Re- we're ready. Oh, so resolving like uh, family trauma is that easy? Yes. Oh, yeah. You just have to play one round of of weird space ball sports, and then <laughs> everything's fine. Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so that's no. It, I was even thinking about that because he does come back. Alexander does come back for the wedding, uh, Worf's wedding, and it almost makes sense if they had sort of a warming up in Sons and Daughters, and then. Like before they get married, yeah, have it be established that they've been working taught. on their relationship. Yeah, and then he joins the house. Like that yeah. would have been something to work up to. Yeah. Um, by the way, I have to ask this question. I was thinking about this. Season three, Picard. All of our favorites are back of TNG. I have two questions. One, are they going to bring up Alexander, even if it's just a throwaway line? What do you think? You got to answer. No. <sighs> okay. <laughs> My I, second, that's what I think. That's my, what I, I think that I don't think that he's going to. I don't know. Maybe, he's not, he's not even going to well, be acknowledged. Or, well. Like, not even like a photo on a dress or anything. Okay, maybe that. Okay, then the next maybe question. That. The next question was going to be, is he alive or dead? Oh, my God. If you Maybe were, he's dead. 
I know. Maybe he's dead that. because we've seen in the trailer that Worf's like, I'm I haven't a seen the trailer. Oh, sorry. Actually. No, wait, I have. I have, but like not very much. Okay. Worf, Worf is like, I'm a pacifist. And then Riker's like, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's a cute little sound bite. I haven't seen that. In the, in the trailer. And that's what makes me think maybe Alexander's dead. <laughs> no, that's interesting though. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought like that could be something interesting to bring back. Uh, and then I thought maybe they'll have even like one little throwaway line where it's like, have you talked to yeah, Alexander maybe. lately? No. <laughs> Going nah, on. He but, hates me still. <laughs> okay. So we're saying, we're saying they do we're not saying, bring up Alexander in season three. Maybe there's, I feel like there's not going to be a feature. No, no. But like, they didn't even have Hugh bring up Jordy. That was, you know what I mean? That was ridiculous. So I just, even in that sort of way where we were like, they could have done something. Like, there could have just been one line about... How's yeah. Jordy? Hey, how's Jordy? How's <laughs> yeah. Jordy? Oh, yeah, I talked to him on Saturday. Yeah. Okay, so we're, we are going to say Alexander is ignored in season three. I, I just can't see any space for <laughs> Alex. You know what I mean? Yes. There's so much other... The, the whole other cast space, is back. But... The whole cast is okay, back. Okay, okay. Like, okay. I wanted to talk about... Ensign Mariner and Captain Freeman. Yeah, I was wondering if you're going to bring that up. I was also wondering if you're going to bring up Spock. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yes, I thought that you might have thoughts about yeah, yeah. Lower Decks. Um, that re- Their relationship feels so authentic. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but it's also very shitty. Yes. True. <laughs> yes. The, the, like, um, the rebelliousness. The, like, wanting to just be like, fuck you, mom, like, all the time is so realistic. Uh, the fact that she's such a thorn in her mom's side all the time is hilarious. But there's also still tenderness there in the way that it's written. Like, there's also still love there, obviously. And it's in in this most recent season, it really, like, develops sort of beautifully. But I, I want to say that I really enjoy that relationship a lot. It is goofy as fuck, and it is very entertaining. I uh, thumbs up, approve of it. Okay. Enjoy it. Yes. I just wanted to, because like, we haven't talked about like any new Star Trek parent-child relationships, and I wanted to specifically bring that one up because it's a new relationship, and it is very central to Lower Decks. That, yes. You know, like they the two of them being uh, parent and child is very central to like a lot of plot points on the show. And I appreciate it a lot. And I think it's very funny. <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> That's it. OK. What do, how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I agree. I, I've only uh, season one was a season one. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think they were kind of letting that relationship marinate. And of course, it has. A lot of the humor comes from it because the whole idea is that she has been kind of moved from ship to ship and they're finally like, okay, you're stuck with her. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was wondering though, because like we know Sarek and Spock's, you know, is Spock's dad and Spock's mm-hmm. another one with mixed parents. I didn't, I feel yeah. like you're more of a TOS person than me. Yeah. Um, and Amanda Grayson. Yeah. So mom. that's right. So I was just like kind of curious if you had thoughts about that. Yeah. And then. Also, they are technically uh, adoptive parents to Michael Burnham. Oh, God, that's right. As well, all of that together. And then Michael Burnham's mom, actual biological mom, shows up on Discovery. And their relationship, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a a whole web. It's a whole little web. And 
Michael kind of has like another surrogate mom and the captain. In Captain Giorgio, who's Michelle Yeoh. Dead, but also yeah. where's evil Captain? <laughs> yeah, it's a evil whole, mom. This evil is... mom, but not quite evil. I don't know. I have I to watch. wouldn't call it a traditional family. Yes, exactly. Non-traditional Star yeah. Trek families. Uh, I would be down to talk about Sarek because I think he's not a good dad. I don't know if this is like them just trying to be like, this is what Vulcans are like. Yeah. But I don't think so. Like we we know Vulcans who are not cold all the time, you know? And he always came across, especially when talking about Spock, very cold. Except for the moments at his death when Picard is there with him and he's like, I love Spock, you know? Yeah, which we you talked know? about, you know, he has to find out his dad died from Picard. Can like, y'all Picard almost had a better relationship with with Sarek, Sarek than then, Spock did. Yeah. Can we not wait until our last breath to tell people that we love them? <laughs> Come on. It's that, please. It's heartbreaking. I know that it's good television. I know. Right, that it's, right. I understand that. But like, man, it like, it really hurts. Uh, Spock is, is, you know, the, the character in Star Trek that has, that has the most screen time, you know, like that we yeah. have the most backstory on that we the the most different actors have played him. He has shown up over and over and over and over again in different permutations. We have so much material on this character. And in all of that material, his relationship with his father is really uh tense. Yeah. And not close. His relationship with his mother is different. He has he still has a strained relationship with her just because I think because of his relationship with being mixed Vulcan and human. Because yeah. he grew up on Vulcan, because his dad was like, you got to choose. You got to choose. Are you Vulcan? Are you human? Well, and we you even know? talked about that wonderful, that little, anim- the Space Cats episode we did, the animated one. Yeah. And adult Spock, adult Spock travels through time and talks to his younger self. And he's like, you're, you see parts of you that are your mom and that embarrasses you or yeah. scares you. And yeah, that, that seems to, it's almost like his dad very is real. tense with Spock and doesn't really want to fully embrace Spock and Spock in return doesn't really want to fully embrace his mom. Yeah. yeah. I think because of the the pressure that he feels from Sarek, he wants to be as Vulcan as possible to make his father proud. And when he sees things in himself that remind him of his mother, even though he loves his mother deeply, he sees those things as flaws because mm-hmm. the, the, his humanness gets in the way of his Vulcanness. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of Unification where he like, really talks about that having both of these things is what makes him stronger. Like that always makes me cry because I feel those things in myself as well. You know, like having, having a just backgrounds in two different cultures and, and having some of those things feel like they conflict inside of me. But then, you know, knowing that, that uh, my singular experience is beautiful and, does make me stronger and does make me who I am. Yeah, you know? it makes you unique. Too. Yes, exactly, exactly. But it's it's the whole like uh, overcoming adversity thing that makes you stronger thing. When I'm still like, man, Sarah, like you could have not been a dick to your kids. Like you also could have yes. not. You also <laughs> could have not been a dick to your kids, and they would have turned out good too. Like it is not because you were expecting so much from them that they are doing well. You know, it's. 
man. Yeah, and I think I think we've talked about this before too, or early Star Trek, especially the Vulcans, because we talked about this a little bit with Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. um, about how they're kind of exploring the Vulcans in a different way, which yeah, is really which I love, really interesting. And so I think Sarah Harkens back to the old way of writing. Or an older way, yes, of writing a pre Tuvok way, a pre Tuvok. Oh yeah, that's right. And Tuvok's um, a dad too. Oh god, we yeah, never, we kind of we never. Voyager, s- but yeah. the only Voyager character I can think of to talk about would be Bolana's dad, and fuck that guy. Yeah, um, Harry. We talked Harry's about him. Got loving parents, they're a little. <laughs> Why are yeah. you still an ensign? Yeah, they're very Asian parents. <laughs> Seven's parents, I think, are a little screwed up for taking her up on that trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. But like, uh, I don't know. We talked about Bolana's dad yeah, in, in yeah. the hybrids episode. Uh, we all know Bolana's dad sucks. Uh, we don't get any t- like you know, baby, baby Paris Torres is born in the very last episode. Oh of God, the- that's right, their parents. Yeah. yeah, and she goes through the whole like yeah. altering, trying to alter out her the Klingon yeah, DNA. Yeah, and we did talk about that in the hybrids episode too. That that episode is very uncomfortable for me. I know other people with mixed race. Uh, backgrounds have different feelings about that episode okay. than I do. Um, I hate it. <laughs> oh, I, I hate can, it. I can see why. Yeah, yeah, I hate it a lot. It's very, but I can also see. I mean, it's again, it's another one of those like like Julian's parents. Like we're trying to do right by our kid. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're tr- it's it's or it's under the guise of because it's it all is coming from like personal insecurities that you're projecting onto your That's child. True. You're not actually like it's not like. I want to make sure that my child who can't walk has a wheelchair so that they can get around. Like, it's not like that. It's like, I want to change fundamentally who my child is biologically so that they are not what I think of as weak. Mm, Yeah. 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 No, I can understand that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Or weird or, or, you know, (laughs) whatever whatever it is. Yeah. And usually, usually trying to spare the trauma that the parent. Yeah. 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 I mean, you could also argue, I guess, that like Janeway and Seven have a parent-child relationship in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely a mentor thing going yeah. on. We, yeah, it's, it's almost like hard to touch upon everything. Yeah, um, and like we never see, we really also never see Ensign Wildman and Naomi Wildman. Naomi is always with Neelix. Like you, right? never, see, <laughs> you never see them together as parent and child. Like even in that that one episode that they're both actually in, she's like away, and Neelix is trying to like make Naomi feel better. It's not really right. You know, right. there's no real. Or she's a seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there is another one in in New Star Trek to talk about. Okay, Doctor Mbenga. Oh, I've only seen that one episode where you find out he's a parent. I'll just yeah, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. His, his daughter is is very sick and he's keeping her in the transporter buffer to keep her alive longer yeah, so that he can find a cure for her he disease. reads her a bedtime story and yeah like that that was hard for me I think I cried at the end of that Ooh, episode. Oh I'm gonna cry right now thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Like the connection between those two actors oh. is really beautiful. That is beautifully written and heartbreaking. I I love that and I love the storyline. I'm excited for you to. Okay. See more <laughs> more of that. So much I have yeah. to do. <laughs> but like more parent child relationships that are like that like that one is like that is really more I am trying to do right by my child. Yeah. I speaking of that, mm-hmm. perfect segue if I'm not Ooh. interrupting you. Uh the only the it's funny we're talking about this cuz I'm like I have to go pick up my kids from daycare soon. Mm-hmm. Um speaking of Star Trek yes. parents. Um <laughs> the one episode I did one of the ones I thought I want to sh- remind myself what this episode was was the one where picard thinks he has a son oh 
Oh, I was thinking um, about that this morning. Yeah, blood, it's called Bloodlines. I think it's it's one of the last episodes. It's like season seven, you know, three or four episodes yep. before All Good Things. And I this Ferengi trying to yes, yep. and 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 so in the episode, and it's funny because my memory was a little bit off. Um, I wanted to see because in that episode, Picard basically learns that he has like a twenty-something son, mm-hmm. and the reason it finds out is because. You know, the Frangie are like, you killed my son. I'm going to kill yours. You thought you could hide him. And he's like, thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. Um, and then it's it's he's led to believe that a old fling of his uh, from the past um, that like she got pregnant and had and a never son. told him. And yeah. yeah. Um, boy, that happens a lot in Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why? People just. Uh, but anyway, so he, he suddenly has like a 23 year old son named Jason. With very 90s hair. Yes, that, that guy is so 90s. He, he's um, so 90s. The, yes. The, like, floppy 90s uh, hair. Oh, my God. If you were a kid or a teen in the 90s and a guy, you had this haircut yes, at some yeah. point. Everyone did. Um, but, yes. Uh, and I, I kind of thought that my memory was that Picard was a little bit more um, unsure and kind of um, a little too buttoned up. But I actually watching it again and paying more attention to mm-hmm. his dynamic as a dad, I was like, Picard's doing a really good job. Yeah, and I feel like Patrick Stewart plays it very perfectly. Like, yes. Like that Picard would be like, oh shit, oh sh-. like how do I, I, uh, children, already we know I am uncomfortable. Like disasters, uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's like, uh, uh, what do I do? How do I relate to this person? Like how do I, like, yeah. Um, yeah. Is he like me? Does it matter? Like, what am I supposed to do? But... Right. Like, and then, you know, him climbing up the rock <laughs> thing with him and like actually having bonding time. It's very sweet. Yes. Um, but Picard handles it in a very respectful, um, mature, and I think kind of like um, cautious way because he's yeah. also trying to, he's, he's much more um, concerned about Jason. Yes. Than he is of himself. Yes. And I, if you had asked me, I would have guessed that he was more about, um, like, putting the blinders on and, oh, God, oh, God. Because we just talked about Picard not being very vulnerable. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and he He's has this lovely. thoughtful in this episode. Yes. And he has a lovely conversation with Crusher. I thought that was very well written. Yeah. And see, as a parent, I felt like that was a very realistic conversation. Yes. Um, for both of them. And where she basically admits, like, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> We're yeah. just trying, we just got to be patient. But Another reason know. why we love Bev so yeah. much. Man, Beverly Crusher. I cannot and, wait for season three of Picard. I'm so excited. You know, at one point he is like, you know, Jason seems like a very independent person. I, I think he just wants me to leave him alone. And then he realizes on his own that, you know, that's not what he should do. That he, he should be there and stuff. And it yeah. actually ends up in a very pleasing, you know, emotional place. And then yeah. we find out that it's all been a trick. And yeah. no, he's not Picard's son. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of family stuff that goes on the last season of TNG. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like Jordy's mom, I think, is season seven. Yeah. Isn't like Worf's brother, adoptive brother? Yeah, that episode where he kidnap- kidnaps the- that whole culture and beams them into the holodeck and then forces the Enterprise to find a new planet for them and also uh, impregnates uh, Cassidy Yates. Well, when you put it that way. Jeez. <laughs> 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 uh, <Jeez>. yeah. <laughs> There is actually one other episode in which oh, Picard yeah. is a dad, and what? that's the inner light. Oh, you're right. When he is actually a dad to his actual son. That's right. With I guess that would have been Wendy, whatever the. Yeah. He was he he's been married like I think three times. Yeah. Not not that that's like I'm not throwing shade or anything. Yeah. 
But it was one of the producers, right, that he got married to? His I second think so. Wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, so. Yeah. And he actually, doesn't he play? I thought his grandson was also played by someone who he's actually related to. Remember, oh, he's crawling maybe. on the ground with the baby and he's like, time to put on your sun protection. <laughs> and they made him look super old, which now every time I put on sunscreen every day, I think. Think, think about I think of Grandpa Picard in Inner Light being yeah, like, time to put on your sun protection. <laughs> like another another thing where like TNG was like, isn't this crazy? People are yeah. going to put sunscreen on yeah. every day in the future. And it's like, that's really what happens. Yeah, it's really what happens. <laughs> it's really what happens. Uh, our uh, yeah. uh, atmosphere is thinning. It is true. Yeah. We know this. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to talk about in that episode. We all have seen the Inner Light a million times, but I just wanted to bring up that it is adorable that his actual son yes. is playing his son, and I really enjoy that. And he's not actually Picard in that episode. True, true. You know? He is he is living someone else's life in that episode. But but he's very much got the mentality that he is Picard. Yes. So he has to like let go of that and mm-hmm. then come into this role to of be being, a good dad. Yeah. Yeah. To children that he like. Oh, I guess he doesn't have. He just has the wife, and then they have start a family. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. 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 Parents. <laughs> Parents just don't understand. What's that song? Parents just don't understand. The Will Smith song. Yeah. Yep. 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 We would play oh that, God. but we would get flagged for Who copyright. Who is your favorite parent? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Dukat. Dukat is your favorite no, parent? We, t- we didn't talk about Dukat. <laughs> oh, uh, Dukat Wait, sucks. Dukat sucks. I, I will say, I will say. <laughs> We just said Worf is the worst, but no, no, Dukat is the worst. No one takes no one takes Dukat Dukat's crown as no. worst Star Trek no. dad. He literally tried to shoot he tried his to daughter, kill his child. He tried yeah. to kill his child, and then he just like fucking psychologically manipulated her for years and kept her around probably for his own ego. Yeah. So yeah, like no one Dukat and then and then used the worst. her as a scapegoat after she died to be like, I'm crazy. Like, fuck you, Ducat. He Ducat tried. is so bad and so like I he know, is so like deliciously evil. He is. He is. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've talked about Ducat many times. He yeah. tries. He tries to shoot his kid, hunt yeah. down a kid he hasn't seen in years, and and just kill her in cold blood. And yeah. he changes his mind, but that doesn't stop the fact that he almost did it. Oh, can I just say my my most favorite yes. shitty Ducat thing with Diel. When he buys Kira that dress and then she throws it back in his face and then he pretends like he got it for Zion. Yes, we've talked about the dress moment, but we haven't oh, talked yeah. about that. Where he's like, it's a dress for you. It's for you. going to fit you for sure. I know. That's the one thing I was thinking of is like, how do you know this is her size? Do you see Kira's body? Do you see how little <laughs> and thin and slim and she is? Yeah. And I love how she's like, you can be so thoughtful. Oh, and you're just like, sweetheart, no, no, he's terrible. Yeah. The only, I, that yeah. is one of the, I mean, we, we know that I feel this way about Zial and Kira is a better parent to Zial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's definitely, I mean, we talked about her and she's a mentor and, and what, no, but I would totally put her in that. Ca- I would put her as the Larissa of Star Trek. Like she's, she's like the best auntie, you know? Yeah. She's a good auntie. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's, she, it's more than just like a mentor thing. Yeah, like she is for me. She really is like a, a surrogate parent yes. to Zio. 
Well, yeah, because she does, she cares about her so deeply, but she also sees that she needs to be parented. Yes, yes. Like she she needs that, per- and she also knows that, like, if Ducat is that person, that man is a psychopath. Yes. <laughs> Fucking psychopath with the longest neck you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. oh, man. It is actually, like, really cool to see... Uh, that uh like sort of comparison to that like the best star trek dad and the worst star trek dad are on the same show oh who did we say was the best cisco oh oh yeah 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 and like he's like his relationship with jake being so strong and beautiful yeah. and vulnerable and like That's kind true. And, stuff. and then ducat like just manipulating the shit out of his daughter all the time and her just being like lovey-dovey like hearts in her eyes for him constantly and yes. it's so painful it hurts like she's she's just been like gaslit like fucking crazy her whole life. Well, we talked about how Ducat like Ducat wants love and um, approval any way mm-hmm. he can get it, and if mm-hmm. it's through his daughter, who he probably treats more like a pet than yes. an actual person. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. He treats her like a pet. Yes, for sure. For sure. He he's never thinking about what's best for her. Oh God, no. Never. But best, I mean, for me, it's a tie between Cisco and Crusher. And I think you're right. I think Cisco, just because the writers were able to do so much more. Yeah. You know, we get little glimpses and breadcrumbs of the Crushers together. And obviously, yeah. Crusher's a good mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a very good relationship. Mm-hmm. Wesley doesn't seem like much of a troublemaker. So, <laughs> No, he's a nerd. He's, he's just like wants to get his projects done on time. Um like, but, mom, I mean, stop. I would have to say, we didn't, we didn't even talk about, you know, Cisco's dad. Um, but yeah, Aww, like, yeah. I love him. Which I love him too. But again, it's like, we have like a weird thing where it's like, oh, you never told me that my mom's not my mom. We have another like, yeah. you are, or, or like, oh, I have a sister. Like, come on, Luxana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like, I just thought I'd keep that from Fucking you. Family secrets and yeah. shit. Yeah. So, anyways, like, I, I think it has to go to Cisco just because they did so much yeah. of, of that relationship yeah. in Deep Space and Nine. Snaps to Avery Brooks for making that happen. Like, yeah. it, it is, it is palpable. It is, it's beautiful. Like, it is one of the most beautiful uh, parent child relationships ever on television, I feel like. It it is, it's like a beautiful example of like what a relationship between a parent and a child can be. Like. Yeah, and oh. I I just I adore them as a family so much. A couple more honorable mentions, Dory, real quick for honorable mentions for shitty parents though. Okay, um, who is who's the the older Borg kid? I always call him like Ichabod. Oh, Ichab, Ichab, Ichab's parents. They suck. Who basically had him, and then they were going to sacrifice him to the Borg to upload a virus. They had him to do that with. Yes, him. exactly. Like that was the whole purpose. Um, yeah, fuck that. that and, was then, awful. and then, and uh, then, uh, speaking of D Space Nine, Garrick's dad, Tane. Oh, yeah. never acknowledging him. I just remember the death scene. He's like, I don't have a son. And, and yeah, Garrett's just like, father, you're dying <laughs> in a prison. A Poor Garrett, prison. Yeah. Garrett's just like, will you please just admit you're my father? So oh, Poor fucking Garrett. So I feel, yeah, I feel like we're in agreement for best and worst. I feel yeah. like there's, there's yeah. no. No one can take Ducat. I mean, how can you justify anyone being worse than Ducat? Yeah, Ducat's literally the worst yeah it is (laughs) it's so much fun how bad he is 
Like it's oh yeah, it is so much because he's also like so layered, and like you kind of understand like why he's so fucked up. Like there's he's layers so to the up. badness. Yes, that's true, <laughs> but it's all so deliciously terrible. <laughs> Blech, what a dick. <laughs> that's our. So we have winners and we have losers. Yay! We have talked about the Star Trek parents. That I'm. This is great. You know what time it is? What time is it? Alexander Rozhenko. <laughs> Alexander Rozhenko. <laughs> Alexander Rozhenko. Sorry. Alexander Rozhenko. We're sorry. <laughs> We're so sorry, Alexander. Find us in the collective at intothewormhole.show. On Instagram at intothewormhole.podcast. Into the Wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. Where he's yes. just like talking to the goo and like looking at the goo and <laughs> it's so, it's Acting. so cartoon. <laughs>